0: Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Uh, Welcome to episode 262. Uh, We're going to call this episode Below the Belt. Below the Belt Course. So understanding the construction and function of siding details. Even if they can't tell you what it's called, most folks will recognize that cornice- of an old house, that is, the assemblage of molded surfaces where the wall meets the roof. Be it the complex brim of an Italian eight row house or just the subtle double curve of a Georgian style built in gutter, a cornice's calling is both practical and architectural. Cornices help keep water off the face of the building as well as give definition to the top of the wall. Cornices are not only such features outside the old house. Wood frame buildings, especially from the late 19th and early 20th centuries, have similar features further down the wall. They're called belt courses and wooder tables. Though not as obvious as cornices, they do as much to enhance the life and looks of the building since they're sometimes lost to insensitive siding and remodeling makeovers it pays to know how they were built and intended to perform so let's talk about water tables most houses change materials where the wall meets the foundation a logical location for some sort of trim right unless the foundation is completely protected. So, water running down the wall will wash against the foundation. Over time, this action stains the surface and erodes masonry joints. A well-constructed water table limits this damage by diverting runoff so it drops clear of the foundation. And you'll notice a lot of really classically done brick structure structures Um, you know done like by architects like Furness and others uh, or further back in the 18th century when you hit this quote water table the foundation where the wall meets it the bricks instead of being straight down tend to be a quarter round and they round out or bulge out from the dwelling and uh, subside down the brick structure. And a water table also serves a practical purpose in siding installation. Both shingles and have to be started in some way. That is the first course must be supported at a slight angle to sim- simulate a previous course. This angle is often established with an initial under course, shingles or boards hidden from view, but it can also be provided by the water table. Elaborate water tables were favorite devices for designers of Queen Anne and colonial revival houses of the late 19th century, offering yet another surface element for decorations. By the dunk bungalow era, water tables were predominantly for show. With guttering standard, wooder water runoff was much less a concern, yet a semi-functional band was a great excuse to integrate the parts that emphasized the horizontality of their buildings. So let's talk about construction. Clabberts. Where the wall cladding is clabberds or similar horizontal siding, it has long been customary to make the water table out of this type of lumber trim. The simplest such water table is merely a horizontal board topped by some drip cap molding at the turn of the century. However, the practice was to use sloping boards that projected from the outside of the wall. Also called base courses or cant boards, these boards were attached by supporting them on blocking or horizontal trim. Since the water table starts the siding, clapboards or weatherboards must be beveled at the bottom to meet the board at the correct angle. A more refined approach is to further support the siding or blocking or a rabbit in the board shingles water tables that end shingle walls go a step further than weatherboard construction most straightforward method is to flare out the first two or three courses on two or three raised nailers to and these are also beveled to fully support the shingle a starter course of shingles is still needed to begin the siding in the customary manner A small molding may be added underneath the finish of the joint. So let's talk about some practical notes. Good flashing is important where the siding meets the water table board or trim meets the foundation. Sheet lead is traditional and long lived, but copper is also highly acceptable. Make sure flashing travels at least 18 inches up the underside to prevent moisture intrusion from splashback and capillary action. Water tables are most effective when built with a drip lip or molding that keeps water from running back under the table, up under the carpentry, or down the lower wall. Before painting or installing, pre-prime all exposed trim and shingles with a paintable water repellent preservative. Pay particular attention to board edges and end grains. Let's talk about belt courses. Between the water table and cornice, many house, houses feature yet another trim device, the belt course. As the name suggests, a belt course bridles all sides of the house somewhere in the middle, typically, but not necessarily, at the second story line. Many belt house courses are flat, but they can project too helping the wall shed water. When viewed as carpentry devices, belt courses are quite akin to corner boards. They're transitions between different sections of the wall or different siding materials. Where, for example, upper story shingles meet clapboards, stucco, or stone. There has to be a way to end one material and start another in a weather-resistant joint. Hammer nails aside, belt courses have long been favorite architectural devices for putting more or less visual emphasis on the building's massing. Of course, a belt course may have no other purpose than to interrupt a monotonous wall. Construction. Flat belts. A flat belt course is a flat uniform wall and is typically a little more than thicker trim installed with flush match siding. Flat belt courses may also take the form of flat water tables. In such a case, a large vertical board is topped with a narrow piece of sloping trim, such as a common drip cap type molding. protruding belts. Belt courses that bridge different siding materials or much more complicated, but still similar to water tables in construction. Where shingles meet clapboards or weatherboards, the most common situation, the upper story sheathing must be flared out with blocking shaped to the desired kick. A flat board on the wall starts the lower siding. These two surfaces are joined by bed molding that finishes off the overhang. In Queen Anne and Colonial Revival houses, this molding may be quite large. Where the lower story is masonry, the bed molding is usually thick enough to cover the masonry sill joint, with no need for further trim. On or the bed <coughs> or the bed mold may spring from an extended soffit board to the lower wall. Practical notes: where flat or projecting belt courses meat clapboards or shingles on the lower wall. It's a good practice to have the siding tuck into the rabbit that is cut into the back side of the lowest board. A shortcut to the same effect is to install the board over 3 8-inch furring strips so as to produce a single space without cutting a rabbit. Also, because flat belt courses are usually a different material from the non-siding material, Good flashing is critical. Make sure sheet lead or copper is installed 18 inches or more up the wall under the siding or stucco and extends out and over the belt course. Much of the same flashing over doorway trim or false half-timbering is necessary. So, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing out.